You're listening to the Lost Chill Podcast with Katie and Kimmy. For years now, I have had the pleasure of listening to the wit, banter, and pure joy from these two, and now I invite you to share in the delight of listening to them discuss the books they're currently reading. Whether you are a fellow dedicated bibliophile or simply wish you had more time to read, you will love hearing the insight and discussions around the stories they dive into. So grab a cup of coffee or pour a glass of wine and let's jump on in. Katie and Kimmy, take it away. I cannot wait to talk about this book. What book would that be? The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. Yay! Before we take off to the science lab, (laughs) (laughs) what have you been reading? I've been reading a ton. I actually just finished book number 13 for the year. Oh boy. Shadows of Pecan Hollow by Carolyn Frost. It was so good. Anyone who loved Where the Crawdads Sing or We Begin at the End, I think, would like this one. Oh, I'm going to read that then. I've been winning with ebooks lately, but my audiobooks have been dreadful. The last two I read were completely different subjects, but they were just writing in complete circles, which made them redundant and confusing due to the lack of any sort of chronological order. And those two books were Things I Should Have Said by Jamie Lynn Spears and The Christie Affair by Nina de Gramont. So we're going to do an episode on Agatha Christie, which The Christie Affair is about in a couple weeks. Um, But Jamie Lynn Spears, that episode isn't for a while. I mean, just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Only kidding. But (laughs) how was that book? I have lots of thoughts about it in general because... If you go on Goodreads, it is rated like 1.5, maybe less by now. And it is all people who have definitely not read the book who Mm -hmm. are just like, F you, you're just (laughs) trying to make money off your sister. No one buy this book. It's terrible. How dare you? And I think I scrolled for a while and I found only one other person who had read it. The other thing, too, is I went and it was just available for my library, like right around when it was released. But... By the time I finished with it, it was like eight people are waiting. Oh. So that was funny. Yeah. Uh, My major qualm with it was that it was very surface level and I wanted more. Like it was just a lot of like, oh, there I was doing my thing and I was on a tour bus and I had my own interests and I wasn't just writing my sister's coattails. Okay. Like give us more. Like you're telling us versus like showing us how mm-hmm. that actually felt for you how it moved you what it was like um because there's a huge age gap between jamie lynn and both of her siblings she was actually a surprise and so i i just wanted more depth from it as opposed to just like watching what happened with nothing more beyond the scenes well and she doesn't talk about her sister she at does all, a little other than surface level stuff right yeah very surface level yeah. um so i wanted more from it And honestly, though, all those people like just leaving one star reviews, telling no one to read it kind of annoy me because first of all, anyone in the entertainment industry is always trying to make money. Well, and also kind of everyone. Yeah. You need that to survive. And it is how it is. So to like act like it's a terrible thing while someone else is trying to make money and not 
I don't go to work for free. Right. It's hypocritical to like even say that. But also she is a person with valid feelings and experience from her own. And those are going to be completely different and have a different perspective than her sister. Maybe they fought and it's annoying to see the drama back and forth. But like if you asked me and my brother about our childhoods, you would get two completely different stories and it doesn't mean that either is more valid. Mm -hmm. And so that was rough. And, you know, she did touch a little bit on how when Brittany was going through some of her major breakdowns, essentially, Mm -hmm. is that was when she was pregnant. And I mean... I didn't realize that. Yeah. And so it's like interesting to think about and I don't even know. But to also think she's 10 years younger than her sister so obviously like there that's a big gap that's basically our children's gaps that we have too yeah and to then like she's an adult and grown and Brittany is like out on her own while she's while jamie lynn's going through completely different things and so to like imagine she's there firsthand and should like put her own life on hold as a baby sister to take care of and to know what's going on with the adults. Yeah. And it's not very fair. Yeah, it's not fair. And so I can, I can feel for Jamie Lynn in that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why I'm like irritated by all these people who are like, Nope, only one sibling in this family opinions matter. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that too stems from just Brittany being shunted or not shelter, shunted, sheltered in the conservatorship and all of that for so many years that she finally has a voice and she is, freed right. you know the hashtag says it she is freed and i think that a lot of people are just taking that to the extreme now yeah with that situation and i can get that it's like kind of bad timing not very classy to be like oh my sister's going off so here's my book like i can get that aspect but to also be like no you don't have a voice because your sister was silenced for years so Never a peep out of you. Well, I mean, think about it, too. Like, it doesn't take five minutes to write a book. Right, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, she could have been in talks to have this memoir for the past three years or however long, and all of a sudden it's just poor timing that 2021 exactly. is exactly. the year that Brittany went through all of that. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't know the full story. Yeah, and, like, honestly, the most interesting parts were so specific to her and had nothing to do with Brittany about, like, her baby daddy drama. Oh. And how she met her new, um, her husband, because, you know, the guy she got pregnant with is not who she's married to now, who yeah. she has a second kid with. And then also there was, you know, probably the most in-depth part where you could actually get her feelings was when her sister, or I'm sorry, not her sister, that's Brittany. Yeah. When her daughter was in an ATV accident and like almost died. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. And so there was just so much more to it. And for people to just act like she's nothing and her voice doesn't matter at all rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. But it wasn't the best piece of writing ever. It's quick and short. I'm, it's, I'm kind of glad I listened to it. I didn't like the writing. It kept going back, but I, it was interesting. And I feel like she wants to write a memoir. She should be able to. Yeah. It's relevant. Yeah. It's, it's, it's her story. Yeah. It's her story only fair she can tell it however she wants so yeah so that's what i've been reading what about you anything good uh i've been on the struggle bus lately with some bad ones back to back to back to back to back to back that's the worst (sighs) 
Yeah. Uh, I just read uh, Good Rich People by Eliza Jane Brazier. Brazier? Braz. I don't know. Uh, sorry to butcher your name. I'm terrible we're, with We're names. not good with names. And no. We can't agree on it either. No, we so. can't. We can't say them and we can't agree on them. Um, I wasn't very thrilled with it. I was actually really disappointed. It was supposed to be a thriller. It was anything but. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Because I don't, I don't feel like being a book badger. Because I don't want the universe to keep giving me shitty books at the moment. <laughs> it just keeps happening. Except for right now. I'm reading the new Finley Donovan book. I know that you've already read it, but I'm loving that book so much. It's so fantastic. That makes me so happy. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to talk about that on our upcoming sequel episode. Part two. Uh, Part two. Uh, I almost, or I almost, I also read Homicide and Halo Halo, Hollow Hollow. I go Hollow Hollow Hollow, Hollow. Yeah. Um, I wish I'd listened to that on audiobook so that I could get the names of things. That's <laughs> I, I listened the... to that on audiobook for the first one. Okay. Ready to get steamy with STEM? Let's do it! As always, there are spoilers. Olive's best friend, On, has feelings for Jeremy, who Olive had previously went on a couple of dates with. Olive is totally cool with On going after him and has no feelings lingering for Jeremy whatsoever. On is a good friend and thus very reluctant to break that unspoken rule where you never date your friend's exes. Olive isn't sure how to make it any clearer to On, except to convince her she's definitely over Jeremy because she's seeing someone else. So she tells On that she has a date. And then On catches Olive working in the lab in the university after she told her that she was on a date. So she kisses the first person that she sees. That person is Dr. Adam Carlson, who is a hard-ass professor who many other PhD students hate because he is so hard on their work. Lots of shenanigans ensue after all of this, of course. And, of course, one kiss isn't enough to completely fool your best friend, so she's keen to keep the ruse going. But how do you convince this stoic, grumpy professor to help you? Well, conveniently... Adam wants to get funding approved, but the university is dragging their feet because they think he's a flight risk. Adam needs to convince them that he has a reason to stay, and he believes a romantic involvement could be just the ticket. And thus, Adam and Olive enter into a mutually benefiting agreement to fake date. All right. Remember a few episodes back when we talked about unpopular tropes? You mentioned that this was one of your least favorite tropes, fake dating. What are your thoughts on this, on how it was done in this book? Did it work for you? Yes. I did honestly love it in this book for two reasons. One, it's a very creative and unique spin on fake dating. Oftentimes you'll see this trope where the motive of the character doing it is guilt and shame. Usually there's a big family event, a wedding, or the holiday season, and the main character wants to convince his or her family that he or she will not be attending another family function solo. Like, crafting an entire false relationship is an easier load to bear than the expectations and judgments of others. That is just aggravating for so many reasons. 
But the, the motive Olive had in this book was just so cute and warm and fuzzy. She endured the awkward fake relationship to make her friend happy. And that's precious. I honestly haven't really come across this trope very often. And maybe that's because I'm still new to the whole romance genre. But I also found it quite enjoyable. Uh, although with all of the building tension, I was like, just talk. Just talk. She was just such a good person and such a good friend. It was seriously so heartwarming. And I just completely agree with you on how creative this was. The entire premise of the book was creative, but making it that there wasn't an event to attend made it a lot less tropey. Have you never seen that with... Do you not watch chick flicks either in all your movies? Uh, the one I can think of is Made of Honor with... Uh, mcdreamy <laughs> patrick zempsey yes that's and... one of mine and uh, laurel's favorite movies but it's where she like hires someone i feel like we've talked about this although, movie before although it might not be no we haven't it might not be her family's expectations it might be like going to an ex's wedding or something and she wants to show that she moved on also and clearly has a boyfriend or something it's cute but there's this one line in there <laughs> Where they get drunk at the hen party, what they call bachelorette parties in England. She's like, you're my half-sister, but I whole love you. (laughs) That's cute. Yeah. That's that's really cute. cute. So anyways, back to our book podcast. Our book podcast. We always have a movie podcast on the side. We do. The second reason I liked it in this book was, in my mind... It was one-sided fake dating. Mm. It was evident to me throughout the book that Adam had caught real feels. And he wanted to date her and would have agreed to basically anything as long as he got to be around her. It was so sweet to see, even if Olive was frustratingly blind to it the entire time. Honestly, in the context of this book, nothing about the fake dating trope bothered me. But, (laughs) whew, The expired contact thing. (laughs) Let me tell you. Kimmy is an avid contact wearer. I don't think I've ever actually seen her wear her glasses. For the record. My Coke bottles, you mean? Yeah, sorry. I am blind. and Whatever. I have been not good at adulting. I I have been probably unhygienic with my contacts. I have not (laughs) refilled prescriptions. All these things. I have outworn contacts longer than I should. I've never even checked an expiration date, to be honest. One time, there was even this unfortunate couple of days where I went through the world with only one contact, (laughs) which is really bad because I am straight up blind without my contacts. Like I'm telling you, like needs to be millimeters away from my face for me to be able to see it. And still through it all, I can make out faces and recognize people. So the part of the story that just seems silly to me is that. And honestly, I could have gotten down on her seeing him out of contacts with like a beard or something. And then the next time he looked familiar, but was beardless. So she wasn't sure, but let it go. It's just a silly thing. And I feel like I'm nitpicking, but I disliked that. (laughs) I, I'm not nearly as blind as you, but I also found that part silly too. And I don't ever wear contacts. So I don't. Do the expiration dates like make them less usable? I don't know. I don't think I don't, they do. I, I don't know. Go check my boxes upstairs. I'm sh- I promise you there's probably some expired ones if they <laughs> And you're going to pop them in your your eyes. Yeah. I almost said ears. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But I think it would have been a little less cheese or maybe a little bit more believable if Olive refused to come out of a stall or something so that she never really saw Adam. But whatever, that's unlike you. That's the only part of the book that I found to be cheesy or unbelievable. Thank you. You're welcome. I feel seen. Yeah. I heard. Heard. So you were just bringing up old quotes about my dislike of certain tropes, which Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. had no problem with. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's talk about all the things you have said in the past. Uh-oh. <laughs> in season one, episode one, you said, and I quote, I will never read romance books. And in season two, episode one, you were singing a different tune and admitting that you now enjoy romance books as long as they aren't too smutty. Did this rom-com Make you so happy with your newfound literary love? First of all, detective, I'm going to need you to take the interrogation lights out of my face. (laughs) So sorry. Are you playing good cop or bad cop? I couldn't really tell. Which do you like more? (laughs) We'll find that out later, apparently. (laughs) Uh, I freaking love this book, but I'm truly, truly upset with the fact that I did not read it sooner. I had this as a book of the month pick in September. I was shocked. <laughs> I judged you then. I was I, like, you did. okay, miss, just pick your romance Actually, book. several people judged me on Instagram when I posted a picture of it. Like, I was just posting a picture of my picks for the month. Several people were like, who are you? I was like, oh, I thought it looked good. I thought it looked cute. And? And it was I. <laughs> it was really good. Um, but I was just surprised with how much I loved it. I definitely enjoy this, this genre, but I haven't really found a book that I actually loved. So this was a fun find. Did you actually love it? Loved. Loved? Loved. I gave it five whole stars. Oh, that's so fresh. But I'm jumping ahead. Oh, sorry. It's okay. It's all right. Can I tell you something? Sure. We did also talk recently about how I stopped reviewing books and how I... Got you on board for a while, but you've eased back into it. You put a five star I up have, recently. I've decided I will not rate anything but five stars. And so then I can oh. also easily see my favorites for the year. There you go. So if you're like a favorite for me, you'll be a five star and I'll mm-hmm. do that. I only do not rate memoirs and nonfiction. Mm-hmm. I will rate everything else on Goodreads and Storygraph. If I hate a book enough, I might give it a one star. I did that last year. You gave a zero. savage. Yeah. You gave a zero on Storygraph last year. You don't get a rating unless I hate you or love you. There's no in between. Much like in real life. Yeah. I forgot that you existed. (laughs) It isn't love. It isn't hate. It's just indifference. We've made it very far into this episode before I mentioned Taylor at all. Fair. Fair. Record breaking. Record breaking. Earth shattering. <laughs> but I just think these characters were so well written in the way that they were lovable and wholesome till they weren't. If you know what I mean. Wink, wink. I don't. You'll find out later. Please elaborate. Even the sex scenes were done well, though. I will say. Don't give me that sultry look. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. This is just my face. Well, just wait here for a second. Okay. It's going to get a little steamy in here for a minute. So every time, back to the ratings, every time I finish a book, 
I go on Goodreads. I always have to do it after. After. You yes. cannot do it before. No. Then it will taint your yes. taste. Uh, but I like to see what other people think about the book. Yeah. And I love reading other people's reviews because I like to see if I can relate or if I'm like, you're stupid. I don't actually do that. But I like to see if I can relate. That's really what I do. And the reviews for this book did not disappoint. Seriously, you have got to go read these reviews. I was dying of laughter. And I loved them so much that I need to share a portion of one particular review by user Iman, I think, A-Y-M-A-N. She wrote this review about Adam. And I quote, Adam, this m Affing daddy. There's a lot of Ds in there. That's the best way I can vocalize it. Uh, he had me screaming clutching my pearls and aggressively ripping my shirt off. I fucking love this strong needle phobic six foot something king. He's a fucking thought y'all. Don't even fight me on this. He had my, <laughs> this is where it gets me. <laughs> he had my legs fucking divorced. In chapter 16. <laughs> okay i don't know if she's okay guys but what she's trying to say is he had my legs fucking divorced in chapter 16 we should just call it chapter 16 right <laughs> she's not okay I, this is not the first time I've read it. Like, I've read it several times. I need times. to write reviews like that. You that do. is a quality review. Like, and the review kept going, too. I even sent Kimmy more of it. And it was, it just kept going from there. Like, it was I, fantastic. You have to go I'm read this. I'm embarrassed now. That, like, hmm, I find this piece of literature to be redundant. <laughs> like, I need to just go off in my reviews. Seriously. This is beautiful. This is literature. This is a missed opportunity for you in particular and your wit because you could be like I don't know. You could you could do the same shit. I I was laughing so hard. I sent Kimmy most of this review because I was like, "Oh my god. I have to figure out a way to incorporate this into the episode." Because this is just too good not to. So, Iman, if I'm saying that wrong, I apologize. My hat is off to you. Congratulations on your divorced legs. I will. <laughs> We're so happy for We're you. We're so happy for you. So, going back to the book. This book was so character driven. Who was your favorite character? I did like most of them. Yeah. I like all of them. She's sweet and smart, and what I can really get behind and relate to <laughs> is she's adorably awkward. Yeah. Much like me. Yeah. <laughs> so I could probably be friends with her. And honestly, while we're on the subject of Olive and Adam, this MFing daddy, if you will, <laughs> or daddy. The emphasis know? was on the D's. <laughs> the emphasis is yeah. always on the D. <laughs> Ho hopefully. <laughs> Sorry. No, there's, no. A <laughs> there's a reason we don't we should not talk about romance novels. This might be our last one. This is getting woo. Wow. Oh my god. Is that was so here? perfect. That was so perfect. I because as soon as it was coming out of my mouth, I was well, like, do it, do it, do it. As soon as what was coming out of your mouth? 
Okay, okay, we gotta stop. We, we gotta, gotta stop, stop it there. So, did <sighs> you know there's another popular trope <laughs> called Sunshine and Grump? Which is evident in this novel. Yeah, it is. How did you feel about that? Oh, the sunshine and grump trope. I think that this trope is actually my real life because I'm too positive for my own good. And sometimes, often, most of the time, my husband is a worry wart pessimist. (laughs) We balance each other. It's fine. So in books, I feel like I can relate to that a lot. And in this book, she made him realize a lot about what his students thought about him. And I think that's important because he had no idea. And there's obviously, I think what he was doing by holding his students accountable and making sure that their work was quality work and that was the best work possible was fantastic. Keep that up. Keep doing it. But just maybe be a little bit more tactful in doing so. So I think that she could help him see that light. I can get that it's important, but I also, I'm not a grump. I'm not. No, but I not. have issues with how blunt I can be. Yeah, I do too. And everyone has tried to fix it. My husband, the sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, sometimes why my, do you need to fix it? Cause it's so blunt. It hurts all the little grad students feelings. They cry. Do you remember? Oh, I see what you mean. Do you remember when Lindsay was like, "Yeah, I was kind of scared of you when you started because I heard you made that one girl cry." Well, I mean, did you? I did. So, so I can get Adam <laughs> and being a little blunt, but like also not fully realizing it, not doing it intentionally. It's just the way your voice sounds sometimes, as <laughs> you tell people the truth. I'm casually cruel in the name of being honest. Oh God, I'm Jake Gyllenhaal. Fuck. I'd like my red scarf back. <sighs> No, I love it too much. You're never getting it back. <laughs> wow. Wow. Did that hurt? Yeah, that okay. hurt. I feel bad. Okay. Will Taylor Swift not like me now? Probably not. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I've got to go reevaluate my life. I think you'll be okay. Chances of you meeting Taylor Swift are... Uh, Extraordinary! Okay, she's going to release TS10 any day now. I just know it. I thought it would be yesterday, but it was wrong again. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> Don't you think it's every day? I okay. Mean, any day yes. that adds up to 13, yes. Okay. One day we'll get another one, and there will be another concert, Rest in Peace Lover Fest, and I will meet her. <laughs> you said that when we went to the Reputation Tour. We didn't meet her that night. We that will, was though. a fantastic night, though. <sighs> but that remember when we concert. saw her mom and dad? Yeah. Do you want to know... If I talk to her, you know what I'm going to say? Who? Taylor or yeah. her mom? Ta- well, okay, stop it. Okay, sorry. If I talk to Taylor, I'm going to be like, okay, I love you. You're great. You write my words. I mean, you write my life into a song sometimes. But also, I love your mom. Can I meet her? I love her. I and love- then I think that she would be your best friend. I want to be Andrea Swift. And I Andrea would be kicked to the curve. It's fine. No, it's not fine. Okay, Taylor has cats. Andrea has big dogs. You know who loves big dogs? Moi. Okay. You know who loves their daughters and thinks they're amazing and records all their little performances as toddlers? Moi. <laughs> I am Andrea Swift. Even more than I am Taylor Swift as much as I love her. Okay. Anyways. <sighs> so. Back to our book podcast. <laughs> so who's your favorite character in the book, The Love Hypothesis, which we're talking about in case anyone forgot. <laughs> Oh, man. 
Uh, well, my favorite character was Daddy. I mean Adam. You mean uh, James? No, you mean Adam. No, I mean Adam. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Do not throw that out there for him. <laughs> I love how much he loved Olive. His feelings for her were just so genuine, true, and raw. I also loved Olive, of course, but I think Adam and his adoration for her wins out for me. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, they were so cute. I wish we could get inside his mind, but... I know. Obviously, we're just gushing about this book in general. Mm-hmm. Except that pesky expired contact thing. Is there anything you didn't like? I forgot to answer this question. <laughs> um, Honestly, the, the contact thing was... So you swore up and down for a long time that you did not like romances. Yeah. Is it predictability? Is it feeling too quote unquote tropey? Like, what do you not like about them? You hate happy endings? No, no, no. I will give you a perfect example. Okay. The American, no, not the American. Uh, what's that royal book I didn't like? Red, white, and royal blue. blue. Yeah. That one. Okay. Because it was too perfect. The characters were perfect. The situation was perfect. I couldn't even finish it. So maybe oh, they oh, stopped being so, perfect. But um, So when there's steamy, sexy things, you want friction? Not even like when it comes to the sexy things. Window, okay. Yeah, I, oh. I got it. I chose to ignore it because I've already laughed too much and my cheeks hurt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll make your cheeks hurt, baby. Yeah, we're never doing romance again. <laughs> She's so flushed right now. <laughs> yeah, I am, because it's kind of hot in here. <laughs> yeah, it is a little steamy. <laughs> um, no, it's, I, I didn't finish that book because the characters were so sickening sweet to I, me. Okay, I hate that. Yeah, where it's just like overkill. Like, there has to be something, some sort of conflict in your life. Like, not everything is puppies and rainbows and ice cream. There has to be something bad in your life. And there just wasn't, at least in the beginning of that book. It could have gotten a so little bit more. So it's just too frictionless to the point of disbelief to yeah. just sickeningly sweet, sickeningly cloying, sweet. gross. Yes. yes. And it's just like have something wrong with you. You know? That's have why something... you love me so much, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, all the things wrong You're not sickeningly, sickeningly sweet. Thank you. <laughs> You're Betty Blunt. Betty Blunt. Okay, so that's my thing is like my communication style is not sugar-coated. It's just be direct. So that's why you love me because I'm Betty Blunt. Correct. Not to be confused with Mary Jane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. We haven't done an episode in a long time with drinks. This is why. <laughs> I feel like this is gold. <laughs> Comedic gold. <coughs> this is why people Mary hang Jane. out with us. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Why that people? was a good one. Anyways, I'll be Betty Blunt from here on out. I'm going to change my Instagram <laughs> handle and everything. Betty Blunt's lost her chill. Betty Blunt would be a great Instagram, though, to for a badger of books. To just be like, this is what I hate. So if anybody starts finding Betty Blunt all over Goodreads, all over Instagram, 
We know it is actually Kimmy. Someone's going to steal it now because I don't have the time for that. I'm sure that there's a Betty Blunt. <laughs> don't look it up. Do not put away everything. Okay. All right, I'm putting it away. So. We're not looking anything up. Do you ever think this book will be is good enough to be made into a movie or do you want it to be? I would love for it to be a movie. I was actually thinking that as I was um, uh, writing the script for this and doing all this stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, this should be a movie. That's so fresh. I would love it as a movie too. Did you have any specific actors in mind that would play in this movie? Or did you have any that were already playing in your head and the movie in your head? No. For one, I hardly watch movies. But honestly, that's never been something I've done. I honestly don't get attached at all to how I think characters should look in my head. And honestly, never even would have noticed the Harry Potter slash Daniel Radcliffe thing if people weren't so up in arms about it. It's just not ever anything that takes up space in my mind. So there's that. What do you mean the Harry Potter Daniel Radcliffe? The fact that he looked just like Harry Potter was described in the books? So I can tell you're not a real fan. Here but, we go. Uh, so Harry Potter is supposed to have green eyes just like his mother oh. Lily. Daniel couldn't wear contacts. I wonder if they were expired. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have thought contacts would come up so much in this episode? (laughs) So anyways, Daniel Radcliffe couldn't wear contacts, so his eyes were not the same color as his mom. And people were pissed about that, even though everything else was the same. But I would have never noticed. I don't get hung up and like, be like, oh, that's nothing like what I picture. I don't picture it. I don't, I picture it, but I don't picture it like that. It well, doesn't I, ruin my life. I okay, don't know. so I think, before I tell you my opinion on that, I'm going to preface this with, I think that when authors go to go through the trouble of telling you explicit details, like their eye color and all of those things, like very physical details about this character, that if it does get made into film, they damn well better look like this character that has been running through my mind for X amount of books. I mean, other than Daniel Radcliffe's eyes, he looked exactly all three of those kids. Actually, everybody in that movie looked exactly how I pictured them while I was reading that. Even as a kid when I was reading it. Really? Yeah. Even Peeps? (laughs) (laughs) I crack myself up. And nearly headless Nick, too. They. (laughs) He he was in there. Mrs. Flitwick. All of them. Professor Flit... Oh, I'm not thinking of uh, Flitwick. Uh, what's the cat's name? Mrs. Norris. Norris. I just... <laughs> you, you just confused Mrs. I'm another, Norris. Kimmy. <laughs> you just confused Professor Flitwick and Mrs. Fine. Norris. Anyways, fine. Everything's fine. But anyway, also, you haven't read the Jack Reacher books. Jack Reacher... In every single book, because you don't have to read them in order, in every single book. That makes me uncomfortable. That wasn't the, the tequila that made oh. me make that face. Oh. That was the thought of reading books out of order. That, oh, that hurt that my heart a little it's bit. Fine. Everything's fine with it. Okay. But I, <laughs> I got so up in arms because Tom Cruise played Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher is supposed to be like... Six foot something tall. And have his teeth centered. Yes. And have his teeth centered. 
but he's supposed to be this big, big, big dude. And they choose Tom Cruise to play. It ended up being okay. Like once you get past that aspect of it, but there's also a new Jack Reacher show coming out here very shortly. If it's not already out, I'm not sure when it's supposed to come out. Um, who the character, the actor that's playing him looks a lot more like him, but I'm not familiar with him. So it might be crap, even though he looks exactly like him. So we'll <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Talking in circles. So, I'll just go read Jamie so Lynn's other book. Things. So I'm certain you probably maybe have specific thoughts and opinions. And I'm also certain I probably won't know who they are, but who would you cast in the love you're, hypothesis? You're going to know who they are. Oh, you, dear. You certainly are. First, you you saw Star Wars. Adam Driver. Oh. Kylo Ren. Yeah, I've known that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's Adam. I don't see it. Oh. Where does he put the lightsaber? Go see chapter 16 for that. <laughs> 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 I hit my microphone hard with that did. one. We are never doing romance book ever again. <laughs> this is this is a mess. Okay, so Adam Driver, he's tall, longish, dark hair. I also love Adam Driver since he traipsed all over Star Wars. <sighs> Olive and I don't see it. People have the hot frame. I don't see it. He has a weird face, but he's like Is he like I, is he like the the Pete Davidson of yes. the of the galaxy? Because I don't see either of these. Big dick energy. Okay. He's got that BDE. Got it. BDE. Got it. Okay. BDE of all of the galaxies. Okay. Of all of them. Wow, that's impressive. Miss Kylo Ren. Like, okay. I I don't know. I just fell in love with him. Lots of people did. I know. I know. Uh, My husband asked me what I thought of him one time. He's like, do you think that he's attractive? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, really? He was like appalled that I thought that he was attractive. He was like, I just don't see it. I just don't understand it. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe it was that shirtless scene where he's fighting Ren in Star Wars. I don't know. So Olive and on were equivalent to Rory Gilmore and Lane Kim from Gilmore Girls. Even though Lane was Korean and not Filipino like On, their relationship in Gilmore Girls reminds me a lot of Olive and On. And of course, Rory is crazy smart. So you are going to know people that I'm... Okay, that's fair. Yeah. You pick the three things that I know. The three celebrities besides Blake Lively and Taylor Swift that you are familiar with. Thank you. All right. But I don't always assign celebrities to characters but in this book it just felt necessary for some reason and i think that goes back to when (laughs) the author is so descriptive with their physical traits i was thinking you just needed a face for your spank bank (laughs) (laughs) let's move on (laughs) to the next episode (laughs) so (laughs) There's not a lot of women in STEM, and On and Olive found one another and became besties. Did you find it strange that this whole situation happened because these two wouldn't communicate and trust one another? I honestly never for a second thought that it was a lack of communication or trust between these two. The impression I got was that Olive pretty explicitly communicated to On how she felt, 
And I don't think on not quote unquote believing her was a lack of trust, but rather on had a very strong moral friendship code and she just couldn't proceed with a relationship with someone that was literally the last person her bestie dated. Eventually, On did embark on a relationship with Jeremy, and I don't think it had anything to do with trusting more or communicating better, but rather that On saw Olive happy with someone else. She felt relieved of the guilt she carried wanting something while Olive was alone. So I feel like it was more of a... She always believed her, but the moral code held her back. And so once she had the belief and trust coupled with, oh, she's happy with someone else, then she could proceed with that own relationship she wanted. I get it. Did you think that it was a matter of not being able to communicate or trust? I always felt it was a lack of trust simply because Olive kept telling on that it was okay to date Jeremy. But yet she still wouldn't move forward until she saw Olive making out with Adam. I agree with you that she had some very strong moral friendship code, which was great. But we didn't get much background on the previous relationship between Jeremy and Olive, but it doesn't seem like it was anything to either one of them. I think that's why Olive was so encouraging, and I think the lack of trust that I felt was really that Ann wanted to make sure that Olive was actually okay with it and wasn't just telling her to go out with him because she knew on wanted to because again friendship code so it wasn't it was more on on's end of it that she just wasn't trusting that olive was for sure okay with it if that makes sense so are you saying then that you think it was more of a on was like i know you're a good friend mm-hmm. and you would say anything to make me happy. Yeah. So I feel like you would hurt yourself. To Okay. Yes. Okay. That I can yes. see. It's more on that end. It's not that Olive didn't trust on or, or vice versa. Like, I think it's just that on really just wasn't trusting that maybe either, either that scenario that you just threw out or that Olive wasn't being true with herself, that she was okay with it or didn't realize I can get that because I did get just strong friendship code from on. So I can get, okay. I get more now. Yeah. That perspective. Yeah. So we're going to talk sequels in the next episode. And I can't wait for that, by the way. But is there, is this a book that you would love to revisit the characters with? Or you good with one and done? Meh. I'm indifferent. I don't care either way. If there was another with these specific characters, I would probably read it. But if not, I'm not going to be sad about it. And that's not to say I didn't love them. It's just I was fine with how this concluded. I don't need more of them. Mm -hmm. But I'm also not going to say no if they pop up. If you truly can't get enough, though, you can go and sign up for Allie Hazelwood's newsletter and get a bonus chapter from Adam's point of view. Okay. I'm going to have to definitely go get that and uh kimmy was telling me (laughs) when i got here (laughs) she was reading that bonus chapter and uh it's good apparently (laughs) it's a little steamy (laughs) it's good because it is it's that chapter where they finally oh finally 16 yep it's chapter 16 (laughs) So after they've gone out on the town, had dinner, and then come back to their room after two beers, so they're happy, but not drunk, you know? Mm-hmm. It's cool. The perfect amount. Yeah, but it, so it goes, it's, it's like a good 
amount of of squeals and feels. You know what I mean? Oh, too much feels? No, it okay. was good. It was a lot of... I didn't finish. You got here too... You, you came too soon. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it happens sometimes. Whatever. <laughs> sorry. Anyways. Um, we will mark explicit, <laughs> explicit, explicit triple X on this one. <laughs> All but, of the innuendos <laughs> are amazing. Yeah. yeah. But no, it was a good amount, literally, of... Squeals and feels says it perfectly because it was very steamy, but also very heartfelt and cute. Mm. And like what you loved about Adam of yeah. how he felt about her. Oh, yeah. So I you got to that. see both of that. So it was really good, honestly. Awesome. Well, I definitely am going to go sign up for that tonight. Would be too much if I said something about a shower head or something. <laughs> <laughs> I am blushing. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. <laughs> but probably too much for the <laughs> podcast. Based on the review you read earlier, chapter 16 is where the hotel <laughs> is where the hotel room becomes a steamy sex scene. Was this too much steam for you? No. What? It was done in a way that it didn't take over the entire book. So it was a great part of the book, part, not the entire book, like shit like 50 shades of gray. I digress. But when it's that entire book. That's when I get over it. The sexual tension between these characters characters was extremely palpable. And it was amazing when they finally went for it. I absolutely loved every part of that. <laughs> Not going to lie. So I think it's pretty obvious. But would you recommend this book? No. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. No, it's... It's terrible. No, I freaking love this book. I would recommend it to anybody. And I have recommended actually to a few people already. You? I I recommend it hands down. It's yeah. so good. It's so cute. It is everything you want in a romance. It's just perfect. It does it really fake is. dating good. It's, it's heartwarming without being cloying. I love it. Going back to the previous question about a sequel or, or a standalone book. Typically, when I fall in love with characters, I'm like, yes, yeah, sequel all the way. I want to read more about these these characters. But I don't in this one. And it just hit me just now. Really? It did. Like, literally just now it hit me. Because it was done so perfectly, I don't want anything to change. Ooh. Ooh. I don't. I. That's interesting because I kind of feel the opposite. What? I know. I know. Like, I feel like it was so well done. But also, I feel like the interesting stuff in relationships happen when you get past the stage, past the rom-com stage. So we got to see everything leading up to it and when they finally admitted things. But I want to see how it holds up. Like with her going to Berkeley? Yeah, wherever they land, both of them. Yeah. Because they're still so deep in the academia world. I want to see how it plays out. I want to see if what they felt is enough to sustain them. And but what if it's not? It probably would be, most I- likely. I'm sure it would be, but what if it's not? But it probably like, is. What if... I don't want my heart ripped out. But I honestly... <laughs> like, if that were to happen and the conflict was to be done in a really good way... That you could see why they were both questioning it, but see why they still chose each other. Like, that would feel very real to me, and I would love that so much more. 
I don't want that. Okay. I, I just want this book. Dare I say I might reread it? No. <gasps> I won't. <laughs> I just wanted to get a reaction out of you and I succeeded. I won't reread it. Enough about a sequel for this one. Sorry. Are, I, are I digressed you, again. So it's fine. It's fine. Are you planning on reading Allie Hazelwood's new book that comes out in August? Love on the Brain. I actually am. And I requested the arc for it already and I can't wait to see what happens. I just think she's a really talented writer. What about you? Definitely. I am so into that. Here for it. I'm also, in the meantime, going to listen to the trio of novellas that Allie Hazelwood has coming out starting next month, focusing on three friends who are various types of engineers. Yep. You did tell me about those. I just absolutely love how much she brings from STEM because she's in the academia world as well. And she brings that into these books, which I don't feel like the STEM world really gets enough in fiction. I'm sure that there's a whole bunch of nonfiction. Yes, I'm sure there's my (laughs) nonfiction writing. You know, all of those textbooks and whatnot. But as far as fiction goes, I just don't think that it gets enough credit. I, I can agree with you there. I really can. And I think it's unique and I think it's it's new. It's different. It's refreshing. You know what is also new, different, and I don't think refreshing? It's how these novellas are being released. Yeah. So it's odd. The audio versions for all three will come out first and be released monthly. So Under One Roof will be released February 8th, Stuck With You March 8th, and finally Below Zero on April 5th. Then after all those are released via audio... They'll be released via ebook in the same order on May 3rd, June 7th, and July 8th. Yeah, it's a little bit odd. Stephen King actually did something odd like that last year where he released the paperback version of Later first before release, releasing the hardcover version, which I don't know why you would do that, but there, I, I don't that know. That I don't get. This, yeah. this is also weird to me, but I like audiobooks. All right, so remember, our, our audience doesn't remember, but you should remember because it was earlier this week. I texted you and I said, hey, I feel stupid. I feel so stupid right now because in the past three out of four books, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, the past three out of four books, and this was the first one that mentioned it, was a Henley He wears a Henley all the time. Adam wears a Henley all the time. I did not know what that was. And I was like, I'm just going to pretend that that's just a shirt or a jacket or something. And then the next book mentioned it. And then Finley mentioned it. And then something else mentioned it. I can't remember. But I was like, is this a trend? And then the book that you're reading right now mentioned it too. What is going on with Henleys? I now know what they are, by the way. They are a type of shirt. They are. I know about, I knew what they were because they are often the top half of a pajama set. Mm-hmm. So my husband and son both got Henley, Burt's Bees, family pajamas for Christmas. And so that's how I knew what they were oh. before reading this. I've never even like seen it advertised on pajamas that that's what it's called yeah 
Uh-huh. So when I selected that from them, I was like, oh, they're getting the adult men Henley, whatever. I just thought it was like waffle print or whatever, you know, waffle. Whatever so it is weird is. that they're all wearing this. Yeah. Is that like really trendy in men's fashion lately? I, I haven't seen anybody. So. No, I, I haven't either. It's just very strange that all of these books all of a sudden are mentioning, are mentioning Henleys. Henleys. And now... Maybe they're like all trying to be unique, except they all did it at the same time. Yeah, or I just read them all at the same time. <laughs> purple elephants, yeah, baby. Purple elephants. But I was like, I, I actually thought it was like some sort of blazer. I didn't know what it was until, and I didn't bother to look it up because it wasn't like a part of the plot or anything in this book. So I was like, whatever, I'm not even going to like look it up when I probably could have just tapped on my Kindle and, oh no, I I read the real book of this. So I could have just tapped on the book <laughs> and it wouldn't have worked, but um, I didn't even bother to look it up. And then it just kept appearing and I was like, okay, <laughs> I have to look this up now. That's fair. Yeah. That's my rant on Henley's. I've had weird, weird purple elephants lately of Coney Island. Yeah. Mm. And tadpoles. Like that keeps coming up. I don't think I've noticed anything else lately except for your Henley thing. Yeah. I told you about that. And that is in uh, Good Girl Complex mm. by L. Kennedy, I think. It's romance if you're into that kind of thing. Oh, I kind of am, I guess. <laughs> We hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of the Lost Chill Podcast. Please help our podcast to reach more listeners by subscribing and leaving a review. We read every single one together and jump up and down screaming with glee every single time. So you know we just truly appreciate it. And that is a true story, folks. (laughs) It's very true. If you can't get enough of the Lost Chill Podcast, check out our website, thelostchill.com, for blog posts and more fun. Also, consider becoming a Patreon supporter for exclusive content and swag. We are constantly improving and growing our offerings, so be sure to check back often. If it's additional reviews and cute puppies that you're after, follow us on Instagram at Katie's Lost Chill and at Kimmy's Lost Chill. Follow The Lost Chill as well to get all of the latest information on upcoming books to be featured, upcoming author chats, giveaways, and so much more. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Bye. Aww.